Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the newest episode of the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am Scott Needham, the host. I am CEO of a large Amazon seller and have been selling for seven or eight years, uh, depending on uh, what you consider uh, selling a full-time is when you really do it. So I have a really hot topic today. Everyone likes to talk about uh, pay-per-click, sponsor products, Amazon advertising. I've even done, um, I've already done one episode on this. I interviewed Michael Erickson and uh, he he's really uh, well-versed so much so that he actually created his own service, Ad Badger, which uh, does bid optimizing. And we covered a lot of things. I listened to that episode to make sure that I didn't double hit some things, uh, but you should listen to that episode if you want to get the most out of this. I did it about 12 weeks ago, but this subject is, it's my favorite, but it's also my least favorite. It's, fa- it's my favorite because like there really is so much to talk about. There really is a lot of energy and a lot of change. There's so many services out there that are focusing on Amazon advertising. Amazon's advertising uh, as revenue for the company has gone from, you know, 4 billion to 7 billion. I think in 2018, they did 10 billion. And what's crazy is like, that's like, 25% of Facebook and like Amazon's not even trying. Well, I mean, they're obviously they're trying, but it is not their core competency or like what people would associate with them, but they are doing a lot in the advertising space. And I only see them uh, getting better because as they have, as they build closer relationships with uh, sellers and brands and suppliers, it's, it's closer to the conversion and, I just see this as like a lot of money that Amazon's going to make at our expense, but I don't want to focus too much on that. I will talk a little bit about that at the end, but I want to talk about really the the fundamentals of pay-per-click, of PPC. So everyone likes to talk about this and you need to be able to call out people on their bull crap because if you understand like what really is going on underneath the hood, you can actually drive your own ideas and you can uh, drive your own experiments. You just kind of know, and you don't have to rely on someone like me to tell you what to think. You, you can rely uh, on your own intuition. So hopefully we talk, uh, do a good job of talking about the basics and, and that you so much so that you can teach yourself the rest so that you can have, you know, your own experience to, to, to learn from. So why do you do PPC? The underlying reason for PPC is it's long-term. You are investing in a product. You want to increase its organic position by telling the algorithm what kind of keywords this converts on. There is a lot of evidence, some of it anecdotal, that that this does this. That is different than Google. You know, paying for uh, Google SEO doesn't increase its organic, you know, ranking in their algorithm by you know paying and getting clicks. But on Amazon, it does because um, every single sale tells the relevance engine what you know, how relevant is this product to this keyword? And then like every single product can also, every sale can uh, lead to a review. 
So PPC has some like long-term advantages. You're not just paying for right now and today's sale, but you are trying to train the algorithm to like your product. And um, that's kind of the nuts and bolts of what you're trying to accomplish. There's Okay, so I'm just going to go off and uh, this maybe at some points it feels like I'm uh, bouncing from one subject to another, but I'm just talking about like the, the fundamentals here of like what is going on in the sponsor products advertising. So there's a few things that I talked about on that interview where I, where I was talking about uh, PPC with Michael. And that was about the data settlement period where it takes one to two days for um, all the sales to come through. And we talked about whether or not your product is a market fit. You know, just throwing $1,000 on, on pay-per-click doesn't uh, really, if, if you don't have a good product, you don't have good images, then you're kind of throwing that money away. Um, and then we talked about some of the basics of setting up campaigns on a product. And we talked about like the auto to manual keyword harvesting strategy. Okay, so I'm going to try and talk about the other subjects. What's unique about Amazon pay-per-click? What actually happens when I tell Amazon I want to bid a dollar on a keyword? You see, there is a relevance engine, a profitability engine, and then there's like the auction. So the relevance engine is just like you take a keyword and Amazon's trying to like figure out is this keyword relevant? That's kind of how they're doing the auto campaigns. They're using the, the keywords from your um, backend search terms and uh, your bullet points and your title. They're taking those words and they're making a decision. Does this search, does this keyword relate to the product enough that like someone's going to want to buy it? And every time someone clicks on your product or say they don't click on your product, on a search that is telling them a little bit about relevance. If you have, uh, if you're advertising and you're getting a super low click through, um, the algorithm is learning. They're like, Hey, this is just not relevant. And so it doesn't even matter that Amazon won't even look at the auction. They don't even care that you're willing to spend $5 per click. If it's not relevant, they're not going to show it. And then um, there's a profitability engine, which is if someone clicks on this product, how likely are they to convert? That's also something Amazon really wants. They're not going to show a product if all the people that click on it don't end up buying it because it's just not something about it. It's just not fitting this keyword's need. And then if you get past those two, then there is an absolute auction where, you know, say, okay, it is relevant and people do convert on this. Who's willing to spend the most? Amazon's going to change the algorithm behind the scenes, but those are kind of the things that are happening um, when you're designing this kind of algorithm. I, I think to target, you know, either relevance, uh, click through, you know, this profitability, I think with PPC, that is why your primary image is so important because that is on top of, you know, helping convert that product. It is also influencing the, the engine of, of, of this auction, this, this pay-per-click auction. And so if you have a really good picture, you're going to get a higher click rate. And then you actually have to, you don't even have to spend as much on your pay-per-click. That is what you know, a good product page can do 
it can not only uh, be good for the customer, but you may end up spending less per click because of how much Amazon likes serving your ad on a certain keyword. So, I mean, let that sink in. Uh, once you understand these these fundamentals, then you'll see how it's going to drive your other decisions of how you spend your time. And I guess I, I could say this is my opinion when it comes to um, marketing and merchandising on Amazon, nothing is more important than like than a high conversion rate. So f- figure out what you need to do to drive that. So anyone that gets on your page ends up buying the product. Okay. So back up a step. Uh, now we understand the engine. There is an auto campaign and a manual and Amazon on the auto campaign is just guessing the combinations for you. And manual is when you're doing it yourself. You theoretically only would have to use one of them, you know, auto or manual, and you could still be successful. You don't need to use both. And you also can have as many campaigns as you want. Sometimes there's like this one-to-one. You have one auto and one manual campaign for a product. You could do more. Um, and this becomes more relevant when you get into category and product targeting. Categories where you're able to uh, advertise against a, a subcategory. And so the keywords that are like related to that subcategory, you can be advertising on. Product targeting, you can target other specific ASINs. And there's a strategy of, you know, you could ride the coattails of strong products or you can target the weak products and you could crush them because your product is better. And I've seen product targeting do uh, fairly well. I mean, if I had one product that I was only going to be selling on Amazon for the rest of my life, I'd probably have a hundred campaigns and I would have tested out all sorts of things. And I probably wouldn't even need a bid optimizer, but you kind of do need a bid optimizer when you start to scale. You know, if you have a lot of products, you're just not going to be able to do all the things that you're going to want. So don't feel limited by what anyone says is like the, uh, oh, you got to have these three campaigns. Like, no, you could actually do more. You can do less. Uh, just understand, you know, what each one's trying to accomplish. Like there's a lot of strategy that and creativity that can come out in this. So what's the right ACOS? ACOS being average cost of sale. I, you know, you see 10% up to 50, 50%, 80% ACOS can actually be all right. Say you're launching a product very new. That's when you start to hit these high ACOS and um, your product will get more efficient the more reviews that you have. If you have fewer than 10 reviews, you're going to have to pay more for sales. That's uh, kind of the reality of, of launching a new product. But there are plenty of products that are, you know, they're past the launch phase and they're kind of in a, either a slow growth or even a maintenance phase, or even like, you're like, I don't even care if this product stays around for a while. I just want efficient sales. I want efficient ad spend. So what I do at Buy Boxer with these products is I throw up auto campaigns to get minimal um, like the lowest um, a cost that we can possibly get. And currently these campaigns are around 8%. I've had five or 6% before, but this is just by throwing up two cent auto campaign keywords, uh, auto campaigns per uh, for each ASIN, sorry. And by doing that, you're not going to get a ton of impressions, but the impressions you do get 
you're paying like rock bottom for that. So I think um, that's a good way to deal with products that you're uh, not, uh, you don't have any strategy around them. But um, so back on ACOS, it's also going to vary quite dramatically when we are considering, you know, are you advertising on branded keywords versus non-branded? And you really kind of want to know if you're advertising on a branded, because you can get a 5% ACOS on a branded keyword and then your non-branded keyword will be at 25% ACOS. Here's a great example. We have a high impact sports bra that we sell. And like it was getting super great results on that keyword high impact sports bra. But like there was actually more going on than I realized. Like sometimes it would jump up and not be very good. And sometimes it would be like awesome. That's because it was on a broad match. And what was happening is we had the branded term and this broad with some, sometimes what people would type in the brand like it's not Victoria's Secret, but I'm just going to use that because I know that they sell bras. <laughs> um, but like it's different to say high impact sports bra to advertise on that term, or if someone types in Victoria's Secret high impact sports bra. If your product is Victoria's Secret, it's going to convert. People are searching for that. They're going to get served that ad, and then they're going to buy it. Whereas if it's the generic term they are much less likely. And and I, so I was seeing as I was on broad keywords that I was advertising on both and not realizing how big of a difference their ACOS was. And so what I do in that situation is I create an exact keyword in the same ad group. And that means if someone types in Victoria's Secret uh, high impact sports bra, they are going to only go to the exact and the broad it's going to be uh, on its own types of keywords where people are doing more generic stuff. And then I can change the bid accordingly. It, what it really just gives you is visibility. And I actually kind of skip the phrase step. I was at a trade show and I talked to a guy and he's like, yeah, we actually just skipped the phrase. And I was like, wait, you could do that. Cause uh, a lot of uh, engines and uh, bid optimizers will go broad to phrase to exact. You could go straight from broad to exact. If you know the keyword and um, if you are looking in the search terms report, um, you can just start advertising on that keyword. You could throw it in the manual campaign and then, um, then you could do a negative keyword on the auto campaign. That is something that people do a lot because you don't want to advertise on an auto and a manual the same uh, keyword. People uh, will do a negative on the auto campaign. So what do I do at Buy Boxer uh, for our advertising outside of those minimum, you know, those low hanging fruit? So I have actually built uh, my own bid optimizer um, even before they had um, an API for software developers. I was, you know, taking the spreadsheets and like optimizing them. Anything that you could do in a spreadsheet, I was just trying to do it automatically. A bid optimizer does something that, so it takes inefficient keywords and you can lower the bid on them. You're like, if I'm getting a, an 80% ACOS and I'm spending a dollar, well, what if, what happens if I bid only 25 cents? If I still get impressions, I'm paying way less for uh, those impressions and those clicks. 
And then there are other scenarios such as like you want to raise the bid uh, if you have low impressions. There are a lot of products where you are just under the market and so you're not getting any impressions. And so the bid optimizer will raise in those situations just to see, you know, how good of traction, how good is this keyword for your product? And then um, if you have like a high amount of clicks and no sales, you know, I negative keyword on those. And on auto campaigns, you definitely want to be playing with the negative keywords because you'll have some that will be very inefficient. And, you know, I do kind of a one day, a two day, seven day or a 30 day uh, window where I'm looking at this data and trying to make decisions. I know that we don't completely rely on my optimizing right now where I've, we've been uh, using uh, take a metrics for about six months and we've kind of bolted on a few practices of our own to take advantage of that. I just kind of think that a bid optimizer, you should think of them as like the rocket engine of a rocket. It's just like the core. You're not able to look at these, um, uh, these bids on a daily basis for so many products all the time, you kind of need like an engine. And there are 10 or 20 different bid optimizers out there. And I don't know if I could specifically recommend one over another. They are uh, very different in their price and uh, what they accomplish. I do think take metrics is a, a premier brand. They have a lot of, um, you know, they're very uh, nerdy and, uh, data scientists and talk a big game on that, but I've used others and I, I think they can accomplish the task just, just as well, depending on your strategy. So I don't want to like specifically endorse one over the other, um, at this point, because I honestly haven't tried enough of them. It takes a while to, to, to really, um, understand one of them. But like, that's our approach. And we do, um, you know, at BuyBoxer, we do manage ad spend for other brands. And I actually think if you're a seller and you get good at this, that, that can be kind of a transition career for you. Um, we've gotten better and better at it where I'm, a lot, I'm pretty confident, you know, uh, approaching a brands and trying to sell that service that we can accomplish. I don't think you're far from that. I mean, but welcome to a very competitive space. I told you $10 billion is going into advertising and, that's very real. There's a lot of agencies out there, but I think that you realistically could start your own where like you can take on other brands and they'll be like, yeah, we can do advertising for you. And it's a good business. It's uh, if, if you, if you want to uh, get out of the risk of inventory business, then um, it's kind of like a services business. Okay. I just want to wrap up with one or two other thoughts. I mean, you can launch products with PPC alone. I was at the meetup uh, two weeks ago and I got a testimonial from a, from a recent seller. He just had launched products and did it only on PPC. Yeah, he had to invest $1,500 to get the placement that he wanted, which is gutsy, but he, but he did it. And it's kind of like I, I like hearing that kind of story regularly because it is an evolving marketplace and, and maybe one day like, you know, the PPC alone strategy just like stops working. But with PPC, your products start to fly off the shelves. And this seller, he actually ran out of stock. And it's kind of funny that, um, and that now he has inventory management issues. So this e-commerce lifestyle, there is 
always one thing on the flywheel that you have to focus on. You know, you're like, okay, I got to figure out this advertising. Well, once you figure that out, then you're going to run out of inventory. And then I, I kind of feel like every single e-commerce business should kind of see what they're doing as a flywheel as is you get better and better and better at certain parts of your business from like, you know, cash flow management to inventory buying and uh, forecasting to uh, selling and logistics. Once you uh, figure all those out, your business is just going to, going to be able to grow, 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 grow and scale. And, but I do think, you know, you know, launching products and PPC is a big one of that. And once you get that figured out, you're going to create other problems for yourself. So that's just how it goes. And then finally, I wanted to talk about like what I don't like about PPC. I don't like that it's getting more and more expensive per click. I don't love that everyone is doing it because if everyone is advertising on Amazon together on the same keywords, it gets more expensive and, and we're throwing more money at inefficient keywords um, just to find out what the top ones are. And it starts to feel like a tax that you, either you have to do it or you are just going to be on the wayside and you're, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. If everyone is spending money on advertising, then it kind of hits all of our gross margins. You know, you kind of want to get into a space where you just don't have to spend as much. So that's why I say it's goal is to get to organic spend. So you can actually make more money on Amazon with a reasonable margin and a modest advertising budget. Um, there's an anecdote, uh, well, this is actually real, uh, where in the hotel industry, uh, this actually went to court. Uh, it's kind of complicated, but you could look it up. The hotel industry, some of the premier hotels stopped bidding on each other's keywords because it was just getting really expensive and not really accomplishing that much. If everyone's bidding on each other's keywords, then, you know, it, at the end of the day, it just hurts everyone's bottom line. And they kind of colluded this. That's kind of why the court case and they stopped um, bidding on each other just so that they didn't have to throw as much money away on advertising. And I am not suggesting that, but that is uh, something to consider as, you know, advertising on Amazon grows dramatically that, if you're not measuring a cost, which there are plenty of brands and sellers that don't, or, and if you don't really think about the strategy of why you're doing PPC, it can, it will start to feel like the hotel industry and like we're bidding on all of each other's uh, products and not accomplishing what our main purpose is, which is to, um, you know, build a profitable business. So I hope that you can, uh, as you experiment and, you know, figure out the fundamentals on these, that you can figure it out and become a professional on your own. And then when you read an article, it doesn't like make you feel uneasy. You're confident enough to know that your strategy is working and it's about as good as it can get. If you know the fundamentals, then like there's no uh, guru or YouTube video that's going to like throw you for a loop in a tizzy that you're like, oh, well, I didn't know what I was doing all these years. And finally, this guy says, if I pay him $1,000 for his course, <laughs> I can figure out ad spend. I, I, I know that, you know, collectively, like we can figure out the fundamentals together and, um, and do this. So that's the contents of today's podcast. I, uh, 
I've really uh, enjoyed this podcast and I've actually like rededicated myself a lot to the community and, and being a lot more involved so much so that I'm doing meetups. I have another episode where I talk about um, some meetups that I'm planning to do in 2020 and hopefully I can uh, see you guys there. And it's just really exciting. So uh, share this podcast with, uh, with another seller if you, if you know others that can uh, benefit from this. And then we can all learn as a community together. All right. Take care. See you. One, two, three. This episode has been produced by LaunchPod Media.